Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Perhaps you can hear the noise in the background here in the dressing room at Maple Leaf Gardens. The dressing room with the Stanley Cup champions for the second year Hereby proclaim October 17th, 2018, Brian Hall Day in Edmonton, Alberta's capital city. They are Legends of the Game. Brought to you by Touchback Safety, Alberta's number one training provider. This is Legends of the Game on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Only on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, our next guest does not need an introduction. He uh, he is Thanks a living a legend. Yes, your mic's hot. Uh, yes, I know. Yeah, I, 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 I don't fig- know. You've I only do. been around one for about the last I don't know. It seems like a hundred years, but and I've only been. A- How are you, Bob? Good, Brian. How are you doing? I'm uh, good. This is the this is uh, Legends of the Game. It's brought to you by Touchback Safety, Bob Stoffer. With a guy, Brian, I've, I've told the story once before. Uh, my first cognitive radio memory starts with you. In the 1973 wow. CFL Western Final, John Beaton made an interception at the end of the game. And my dad looked at me driving in a Country Squire station wagon and said, that's the first time I've ever enjoyed something that Brian Hall has ever said. <laughs> well, good for him. So, uh, he's long gone now. Yeah. So. And he never got to know me. And he if he knew how good he would have loved me. He would have loved me and, if he got to know me, right? There you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, 1973 was a really interesting year because Ray Yock was coaching then. After 69, they fired Neil Armstrong, right? Right. And Kimball. Not the guy that went on the moon. Wait, the other wait, Neil Armstrong. No, 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 no. Yeah, quite. Not. I met him, by the way. I have a picture with him in my, uh, in my, I take it at home now. Autographed. A guy. Uh, could I tell you that story first? Yes. About Neil Armstrong. Yes. Being this how it's kind of apropos right now. Yeah, right? sure. Okay. Uh, I got a call when I was at the station and a friend of mine said, Halsey, you got to come down to the Western Hotel. And I said, yeah. He said, no, there's a couple of guys here. I'm not going to tell you anymore. I want you to meet them, and there aren't going to be any other media people. You're a friend of mine. I want you to come down. They're on their way north. And I said, okay. And he said, by the way, bring a camera. So I had a Polaroid. You know, the Polaroids were very popular then, right? Sure. I go down to the Western Hotel. I go upstairs into this room where my buddy is. I go in there, and who's in there? Neil Armstrong and Sir Edmund Hillary, the first man on the moon and the first man to climb Mount Everest. Now, when you climb Mount Everest, when he climbed Mount Everest, it ain't like today. I mean, it was, well, you were lucky if you ever came out alive. When was that, like 52? Oh, no, it was, uh, I I can't, anyway. uh, Brendan, can you look up when Everest was climbed by uh, Hillary? Yeah, New Zealander, big, and a big man, and a big man, but but then the technology then, I mean, they didn't have the big suits, and all the equipment, and the oxygen, they had to have oxygen, you know, had to, what did he say? What what year was it? 53. Oh, sorry, I was a year off, Brian. Okay, all right, that's okay. Yeah. Anyway, 
So, um, I, I and, and I thought, well, wow, this is fantastic. I spent a couple hours with them. Yeah. And then I got them to sign on, on a placemat of the hotel because I didn't have any other paper. And they signed, you know, like to Brian, warmest regards, you know, boom, boom. And I, I took the two pictures and then I took them down to, uh, to uh, uh, an art shop. And I said, give me a, a nice frame. And I said, put this. And I, I took them out and I put the autographs underneath and yep. the pictures and so on and so forth. It was a fantastic day. Well, you know what it's like in this business. You get to meet people from everywhere in the world, you know, like I did with Muhammad Ali, did that show and yeah. all the other things, right? So anyway, what were you asking me originally? Oh, yeah, wait 19... a minute, 73. Wait a minute. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of this. No, no, 1973, no, no, wait, go wait, for wait, it. Wait, yep, wait, yep, just a minute. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I don't lose track. I don't lose track. Anyway, so yeah, so this was the first year Rayock had uh, been coaching since 1970. He came up. Yep. And he really turned, he was coach of the year, as a matter of fact, in the early going. And they had turned the club around, but 1973, they wound up going to the Grey Cup for the first time since they had been in the Grey Cup in 1960. Yep. And they went through the terrible time of the 60s. Awful time. Terrible time. I started broadcasting them in... 1965. You came back from Toronto at that point, yeah, right? Yeah, and I started broadcasting the Eskimos in 65. So anyway, so 73, I, of course, was at the Grey Cup game in 1960. And at that time, I was working at, at the original Ched downtown right. on 107th Street. And uh, so anyway, the point is, I 1973, we go and we play the Grey Cup in Toronto. Roy Bell scored the touchdown for the Eskimos. They lost to Ottawa, coached by, and he was a great guy, Jack Gotta. Yeah. He was he was a colorful, colorful guy. But I remember 1973. Oh, yeah. And then two years later, we're in the Grey Cup again. In, in Calgary. And guess what? It, it's funny you should bring this up because last night, who am I with last night? I'm the Admiral of the Fleet for the Sourdough Raft Race, right? Yeah. So we have our banquet last night. We have our get-together at the Chateau Louis with all the ex-admirals uh, uh, and so sure. on. And uh, Jay Lynn Nye was, of course, she was there last year, and she introduced me last night. But guess who comes to the dinner? Lois and Doug Mitchell. There you go. The lieutenant governor. I've known them for like 40 years, okay? Because, you know, I mean, they're wonderful people, wonderful He was people. a terrific athlete himself. Oh, listen, he's also a hell of a high-powered lawyer oh, yeah. still. Yeah. And on top of that, on top of that, he was a very, very good commissioner of the Canadian Football League. But two years later, after 73 and 75, we have a Grey Cup in Calgary. The and it first, was cold. And Ron, I, mean, I thought when you said you had somebody wait, from 75, I thought you had the guy that, that wasn't there a stripper wait, wait, on? Wait, wasn't no, there a, hang on a minute. Don't, don't lie. Am I telling the story or are you? Wasn't there a stripper okay. on the field? No, no, just, what, what, what are you doing? What, what, hey, wait a sec no, here. No, Who shows this we, anyway? That, no, but wait All a minute. Right, go okay? for it. Okay, otherwise I'm going to leave. You know what I mean? No, I wouldn't do that. We're, we're just getting texts on anyway, that front. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So, listen. So, 1975, and Doug wants to promote a Western Grey Cup. Right. And he really goes all out, and he does a great job. Like, he's a he's a big, big booster, and he's a heck of a go-getter, and he's a strong guy, and he knows how to get things done. Anyway, he has this Grey Cup, 75, but it, it's Montreal and Edmonton again. Montreal and Edmonton, how many times have we had Grey Cups? Anyway, and so it's so cold. You know, I mean, I mean, like, it's so cold, there is no wind. When it gets really cold, you have no wind. You know that. Right. When it gets really cold, unless you're in Antarctica. Usually, when it's really cold, you have no wind. It was still. And you could see, you could see the cold hanging in the air. That's how cold it was at McMahon Stadium. And we're all lined up. And I'm standing there in the press box. And they're all lined up for the singing of the national anthem and as they're singing the national anthem a woman strips the field she she goes flashes the whole thing right across the field naked as nobody you know musicians didn't miss a beat nothing happened she just she was a nice girl by the time she got to the other side but no 
but no, but I, but that was nineteen. That was nineteen seventy-five. So it's funny you mentioned the seventy-three, seventy-four, yeah. seventy-five period. You know. Yeah. Was, well, really in seventy-three, the Eskimos lost. Both quarterbacks got hurt in that Great Cup, right? Wilkinson yeah. and Limmerman. Yeah. Seventy-four was in Vancouver, and the Alouettes won there. Right, was that one out at Empire, then known as Empire Stadium. And didn't the Alouettes miss a game-winning uh, field goal at the end of the game, and that's how the Eskimos won in 75? That was 75. Yeah. The Alouettes were going to win it. Yeah. And they bobbled the snap, and they missed the field goal, and Edmonton won, I think it was 9-8. Yeah. Was the score. Brian Hall is joining us as part of our Legends of the Game series. Brian, uh... You were born. We don't. We don't like to say how. I old. hope I was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope I wasn't hatched. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> you're still above ground. That's all that matters. You were actually born before the the Second World. No, not the first. The Second World War. Uh, how? What year did you get started in radio? Fifty-three. Nineteen fifty-three. Yeah. Yeah. At, but, at CKUA. It, owned and operated by the Alberta government telephones. Right, and they bought it off the university. Right. Yeah. Because that was the initial university radio. I worked for, I think, $134 a month. It's felt like that at times for me, that it's been like $134 a month. So you're doing a little bit better right now. So 1953 well, was... Well, the dollar was worth more then. Yeah. Was it? Oh. Are you Listen, do you, you want to know something? I'll tell you the difference today. Here's the difference today. 1960, I'd been married a few years. I had two children. And... We have to have a house. We can't live in this two-bedroom apartment. We right. got two little kitties, the whole thing and all that. Yeah, sure, I said, let's go find one. You you go ahead, you look for one. You know, I'm doing the races and stuff at, at uh, on, on the air, not calling at the track, but I'm doing the feature race of the day I used to call on Chad every okay. day at, at, at uh, Northlands. Anyway, Edmonton Exhibition Association then. So here, just to give you an idea of, of the dollar and so on and so forth. So... At that time, anyway, found a house over in Capilano, new district, nice house, showroom, 1,100 square foot bungalow, beautiful show home. That meant the grass was in, and oh, there was no garage, but the other stuff, and it was very sidewalks were in, like the whole thing, like it was very How nice. much? 15,800. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, 15,800. And then my, you know, I said, I didn't know. I didn't. I was just a brash, mouthy guy, you know. I mean, I just, I didn't pay any attention to money. I just did whatever I did. And, I mean, even, there's a story even about my getting the money to buy the house, which I'm not going to tell you, but I will tell you this much. When it was all said and done, it was, I had put 1500 down. The house was 15800 Yeah. My IPT, interest, principal, taxes, mortgage payment every month with the interest, the principal and the taxes, $98 a month. <laughs> now, that was 1960. Now, remember that. That's 1960. So, you know, when you talk about dollars and about how much money it's only you 59 made, years ago, Brian. No, it doesn't matter how long ago it was. It, the, it, it brings out the point that people say, how could you live on $134 a month? I'd say, well, I wasn't making 134 then. By I can 19, guarantee yeah, you that. Yeah. I was making a lot more than that. But uh, well, well, by that time, I'd been a Ched for like uh, five, six years. All right. We're going to get to the hockey stuff when we come back. We're going to talk about you doing play-by-play of the legendary Edmonton Flyers, which were the farm team of the Detroit, Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. Detroit Red Wings yeah, at yeah. that time. I just saw the Terry Sawchuk movie. It was uh, very deep and introspective, much like First Man, by the way, which is out now with Ryan Gosling. Uh, hey, don't forget, Uke, as we call him, Uke and uh, Bauer. Yeah. We're with the Leaf teams when I was there. And we'll get we'll yeah. get to Brian's transition to Chum Radio in Toronto, covering the Maple Leaf three-peat, 62-64. to 64. This is Oilers of the Now, <laughs> Legends of the Fall, Legend Series on Oilers Now. This is Legends of the Game on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Only on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Here we go. Uh, this is Oilers Now. Legends of the Game brought to you by Touchback Safety. Some guests in Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. And for a limited time, you can catch all the Battle of Alberta games at Rogers Place this season with a brand new Oilers pack. It features one preseason, two regular season games against the Calgary Flames. 
You're guaranteed the same seat for all three on sale, but only until Friday midnight at EdmontonOilers.com. Battle of Alberta Power Pack starts at $349. All right, Brian. Yes. The Edmonton Flyers, because I don't, I don't like for our younger listeners, I don't know if they're aware of just, I mean, there's only six teams in the NHL at that time, but the Flyers have been one of the top two, th- two or three teams in the world, not in the NHL well, at that time. Well, first of all, you got to go back a little bit further to about 1948. All right. All right. And the Allen Cup. And okay. Edmonton won the Allen Cup, and, you know, it was a very, very big deal and so on. They formed, they had the Western Pro Hockey League. Seattle Totems, Kyle okay. Fielder, all sure. those people. Yep. Uh, the Portland Winterhawks, not them. They were the Portland Buckaroos. Right. The Winterhawks were the junior club, the former Royal Kings who moved there. But the Portland Buckaroos, Gordy Fashaway, and all those people. And then there was, uh, you know, Spokane, the Comets. And, uh, and, and we had all these teams that were in, okay, in the, yep. in the Western Hockey League. Because in those... Those days there was no draft. There were only six teams in the NHL, and what you had was, you had farm teams, but you had territories. And here in Alberta, everything north of Red Deer belonged to Detroit, and everything south of Red Deer belonged to Chicago. Tiny Thompson was their, you know, Goalie. guy. Yep. And uh, you know, up here we uh, we had uh, 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 Clarence Moore was uh, the chief scout for Detroit. And, of course, they had Jimmy Skinner and those people around. He was out of Winnipeg. I used to, when, when I lived in Winnipeg a very brief time, I used to ride my bike 18 miles out to the out to the, to, to the lock port, the locks, and go swimming in the locks and have a Skinner's hot dog. He would, Jimmy Skinner was famous. The Skinner family hot dogs were famous. But he was the Detroit Red Wings big guy, right? Okay. Okay. And then you had Jolly Jack Adams, who was the general manager, right? Yeah. And then you had the big production line. You had... Abel Sid and how you know uh, the whole thing, right? Right. Uh, and and uh, Abel Lindsay and how and you know the, anyway all of that stuff. So what happened was Edmonton, their team was the farm team, and it was the Edmonton Flyers. Now let me set it for you. The Edmonton Flyers used to be broadcast on CKUA. Okay. And they were broadcast a guy by the name of Art Ward. And uh, Art was a great guy. When I went to work in '53 at CKUA, I had I had no I, I had no aspirations about broadcasting. I never thought about radio or anything like that. And you know, it was just a fluke. It, you know, it just happened. That's been my whole life. It just happened. But wait a minute. Here's what happens now: is that when I go there, and then. The Flyers are in the Edinburgh Cup Series against Shawinigan Falls Cataracts. Well, they didn't go fly back and forth like they do now. You played a series there or you played it here. Right. They were playing the series there, which meant they were a couple of weeks at least that long on the road. Right. At least that long. And so they said... Art's going to Shawinigan to... You've done all the other things, Brian. Wow. How would you like to do the sports while he's gone? I said, sure, why not? So I started doing the sports. When Art comes back and everything like that, they said, how would you like to work with Art? We'd like you doing the sports. I said, well, okay. I was open to anything. I was doing jazz shows and doing all kinds of stuff, right? And Anyway, because you did everything there. You did everything right. there. And so uh, this is so this is how I, I, I now along comes Ched opening in 54 a commercial radio station. We only had three stations in the city at that time. You know, we had uh, we had CJCA and we had uh, CFRN and we had CBC. And I mean, like, that's it, baby. I mean, there there isn't any more. So but they're going to open the, the 1080 Ched. New station coming. Whoa, whoa, you know, this and that. So I, Jim Brooke, who was a great guy, he used to write a column for the journal. He was the most colorful writer. He was, and he used to have a little poem every day at the top. Was he so, nicer than Wayne Overland? Oh, listen, they, listen, he was a ruddy-faced, had beautiful teeth, Irish guy. Good-looking guy, good-looking guy, and could write like crazy. Yeah. Could write well. You know the great. That's a part of the history of Ireland is the great authors and right. writers. Sure, you know Yeats, that, et cetera. Oh, absolutely. So anyway, so he used to have this column, and he used to have a little limerick at the top. He was so talented, and he signed it Stonewall Jackson. Anyway, so one day I'm at the Eskimos practice, and he goes, "Hey, kid." 
I said, hey, how you doing, Jim? Good. You going over to try for that job over there at the, at the new station? I said, no, nah, I'm not going to go over there. He says, why not? I said, well, I said, uh, you know, uh, they're going to get some high-powered guy or something from the east, some guy. Listen, kid, let me tell you, and you remember this all your life. I said, yeah, what's that? He said, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And I said, I thought about it. I thought about it. And I said, he's right. I mean, how did I get into this job at CKUA by just, I went down there just to hear my voice on, the, on a tape that they were going to play back of a newscast I would record. I had no intention of getting a job. I'd done all that stuff, and they offered me a job. That's how I got into it. So I thought, hey, how did I get that? I bet. So I went over. Now I go over, I get interviewed, I get the job. Do you know who interviewed me? Jerry Forbes. Right, Marty's dad. Yeah, Marty's dad. Exactly right. Marty's dad. And uh, I started working there. And when I went over there, shortly thereafter, we got the flyer rights. And I started doing, I, I, did, the, I did the flyer games. You got about a minute and a half. Who were some of the guys on the team? Who were some of the guys? Glenn Hall and Goal, Al Arbor on defense, Keith Allen on defense, who later became general manager of Philadelphia Flyers. Flyers yeah. Normie Allman, Jerry Melnick, uh, uh, Billy McNeil. Uh, I mean, tons. I mean, tons of guys. Bronco Horvath. I mean, Vic Stasiak came down for a while. I mean, I mean, it was an NHL team. Yeah. It's an NHL team, all these guys. Because there's so many guys playing. They're not all in the American Hockey League. They're here in the Western League. That's when I first met Grapes. Yeah. I've known Cherry forever. So, you know, and his brother. He you know, Anyway, but the point is, that's what happened. That's how it started. And the whole thing went from there. And then we had, of course, up till the time of the first expansion. But the general manager and the coach, you know who it was? Bud Poyle. Yeah. David's right. David you know, lived in Edmonton for ten years. David Poyle, GM in Nashville. I knew him when he was three years old, running around. He was the, he lived down the he lived in Capilano. They were lived just a few doors down from Jackie Parker's house in Capilano. I've known David since he was three years old. You know, and <laughs> anyway, and uh, and then that, a lot of stories came after that with Bud and myself and the and the whole thing. And of course, he wound up in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He was a great guy, and he got jobbed. <laughs> they no no he got jobbed he got jobbed he got done in by Sid Abel yeah who took it away from him took the franchise away from Edmonton gave it to Baz Bastine and the people in Pittsburgh and they became the number one farm club for Detroit the Hornets yeah, right aren't he, they? he gave it to Edmonton and and to Poyle and you know when you know how that happened I know we got to go for a break anyway. Uh, do we have to? Anyway, you know what happened? We go down because the Oil Kings are playing in the Memorial Cup as well, yeah. okay? And we've just won the Western Hockey League Championship. We go down there. He has a meeting. The Detroit guys are there. He comes out of the meeting next, and he comes up to me. He says, Brian, I just got fired. Just won the Western Hockey League Championship. He got fired. Got job by Sid Abel. Boot. Boo. Brian Hall, never short of opinions. When we come back, we'll talk about his time in Toronto covering the 62-64 to 64 Leafs. And then on to the Eskimos. This is Oilers Now, Legends of the Game Series for Touchback Safety. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. This is Legends of the Game on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Only on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 105 at Edmonton. Uh, this was supposed to be. A, are you doing anything until? How two long do we go? Well, you might be going to two o'clock. Oh, I know. Okay. You've never met a microphone you haven't liked, nor have I. So, uh, Brian Hall is here. It is our Legends of the Game series, and uh, yes, a living legend, an Edmonton sporting icon, Brian Hall uh, for touchback safety. Second hour avoiders now, Brian. I just got a Digitex. You know Digitex and you. The I G E. Yeah. The I G I T E X. Hello, Digitex. So. Are you, getting, are you getting the endorsement that I'm not getting on that one? Is that what's Hello, Digitex. I gave them that. <laughs> I gave them the D-I-G-I-T-E-X Digitex. There we go. Come on, ask Hugh Porter that. Come on, don't kid yourself. Hugh, he's grossly overpaid. That's what I'm going to tell you. You can text us at 630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Uh, Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. Oh. Not your small town dealership with a new huge state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. And reach us on a River Creek Resort and Casino. Heartland Hot Ford. Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. It's one of the yeah. five biggest Ford dealerships in the province. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. 
How long? I think, wait a minute, wait a minute when you say that. I think a longtime Ford dealer in this town who, yeah. you know, sold out the, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. thing, but he's got, I think he's part of that operation. Who's that? Bob Bentley. All right. Well, yeah, well, he's a great guy. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Well, you had, I mean, it's funny because from my youth, and I'm going to uh, date myself. So, Brian, I listened to you do the Eskimos. I listened to Rod. Well, I, for a year, I listened to you and then Rod do, yeah. do the hockey. I listened to Wes Montgomery, who was yeah. an immensely talented man. And I listened to John Short. So those were sort of the four. So I'm in my early 50s. So for, you know, for guys like John Sexsmith, uh, who's an Edmonton yeah. guy, and myself, like we grew up listening to you guys. We'll get to the Leaf stuff in a second. Give John, me. Give, uh, John started with me. At, yeah, yeah, okay. uh, sure. Yeah. Give me give me a minute on Wes Montgomery. Just when you think of Wes Montgomery, well, who well, passed away, I think, in 2004. Anyway, let, let me let me just tell you about Wes Montgomery. I brought Wes Montgomery to Edmonton. I remember. I yeah. brought him to Chad because I went to Toronto. Yeah. See, I'd, I'd been at Chad, and then I have this opportunity. They're opening, Al Waters is opening the Chum Broadcasting. Yeah. Okay? It was a station, not the network it is now. It was the start of the network, but it was a station, St. Clair and Young. Okay? And... uh Anyway, there's another story about I'm, I'm going to go there. And Jerry Forbes and them said, Brian, who, who are we going to get? I said, listen, I know there's a kid. He's from Fort Saskatchewan. And I said, he's very talented. And I said, he's working in Saskatoon. And I said, you know, we're going to get him. Get him over here. I said, his name is Wes Montgomery. So Wes came over. We got Wes, and that, that's how Wes came to Chad. And he, he was there. When I came back from Toronto, I said, I'm not, e I, I said, I'm not even going to go on the air. I said, I've done everything in broadcasting except sales. Let me go into sales, you know, because they had said, come home, Brian, come yeah, yeah, home. Yeah. So I said, okay. So after three years down there in Toronto, I said, yeah, but that's enough. And I was born in Toronto. I grew up as a kid. We won't hold that against you. Well, no, no, no. It's, and it's, a, it's a good town. What are you talking about? Anyway, so... <laughs> So, you know, I I come back, and that's how I got into sales, was because I said, well, I said, not moving west, I'm not doing, no, I'm not this, I said, I'm just coming back, let me, because I said to myself, one day, probably, I'll be back on the air. Yeah. I'm not dying to say, I gotta be on the air. You know, I'm not, right. I'm, not a, I'm not that kind of guy, you know, so I start working in sales. God, you see, and it just happened. But and, back, and, and, back to and, Wes for and, a second. And, and, he, I, he, wait a minute, just a minute. Just a minute. Okay, so this is what happens. So now when I get back, and I eventually wind up at CJCA doing the Eskimos, and Wes and I become very good pals. Right. Because he's also a big buddy of Jackie, Jackie Parker. Parker. And Jackie and I are big friends. And Don Getty. And all of those people, right? So we're all kind of hanging around the same crowd. And then we get some others like Waldo Ranson and some other people became a judge at one time and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we had a little group of people. And so we used to, we'd have the odd pop here and there, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And it was, it was a, listen, it was a very different, wait a minute, a very different time because you had the Golden Greek, Ernie Afghanis. Yeah, and you had all these people around, you know, that were around with the papers. Like, and Overland had arrived at that time, and you know, all these things were happening. Al McCann, yeah, Al McCann, of course, came from Lethbridge originally. Was working at CFRN. I mean, all these people, right? And so you, you, but what we did in those days, it was very different, very different because we we used to have our group, the Edmonton Sports Writers. Sportscasters Association, we sponsored, we put together sportsmen's dinners. And we always got big people in here. We got uh, uh, Leo DeRocher. I mean, is there any guy more colorful? What a great, great speaker. Married an actress, Lorraine Day. He came uh, to our dinner. We had to, we had Leo the Lip. Is that what they called him? Leo DeRocher, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he was tied to the gangsters. Yes. Well, he was. I mean, anyway, <laughs> but but great talked about Dusty Rhodes and the and the New York Giants. The Giants win the pennant. Right, the right. You know all this kind of stuff. I mean, he was fantastic. And on top of that, we also. <laughs> we also you we had Mickey Mantle and Billy Martin here together. They came in. 
And, you know, Mickey Mantle and Billy Martin. Remember, there was a great series, a World Series, won by Milwaukee, the Braves. And it was Lou Burdett, the pitcher. We right. brought him in here. I mean, we used to bring all the big names in. And we would flock down and we would have our sportsmen's dinners and raise money. And we had regular meetings at the Edmonton uh, Sportscasters and Broadcasters and Writers Association. And we did. We were very prominent. We put on a, We put on one time a skit, which was really funny. Really funny. At the Shadow Lacombe Hotel, which opened in 1967, we put. Wait, you want a break? No, 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 no. We okay, can wait go. a minute. I, well, just let me tell you this. So we put on. We used to have, and we would put on a skit, and we would have people, and we filled the ballroom at the Shadow Lacombe Hotel, and we put on, and you know, it was, it was. <laughs> it was written around. It was written around Cinderella, and the ball. Only it was about. Prince Norman and his and the ball. I'll be down to get you in a taxi, honey. Better be, you know. I whole, should have taken the break. No, 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 no. But listen, listen. And I've still got pictures around of, of Rod Phillips dressed in a woman's dress, and I'm dressed in a woman's dress, and we're singing the song. It's all good today, Rod. Wait a minute. And it was all, and it was written by Peggy Miller. Okay. Who I worked with at CJCA, immensely talented, and she wrote the fight songs for the BC Lions and the Eskimos. We're cheering, fight, 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 on, you know, okay? There you I go. Mean, and then she wrote that. So what I'm saying to you is we had such great groups, great people, and Wes was part of it, and McCann and myself and Ernie Afghanis, the Golden Greek, and who's still, by the way, in great shape, just celebrated his 90th birthday, and he's in fantastic shape. I was at his birthday party. But, you know, like we just had, we had a blast. I mean, we used to have our, at the Menorah Curling Club, we had our, our regular curling uh, club championships and the whole thing. And we, we just had a blast. We had a blast. And you know what? All those people. And Wes did the morning show. And, you know, he had a very great sense of humor. And he was an MC guy. He was guy. a funny man. Yeah. We, and he was a, you know, and we, used to, and we used to give barbs to one another. And we would give it to one another. And we, it was totally different. You know what? They were good times. And I mean really, really good times. Yeah. Life was different. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Um, Larry Langley's funeral. Larry, uh, I know Gord and uh, Larry uh, Jr. And Terry Langley played football with the Bears. And uh, Kathy uh, Langley married a buddy of mine, Jack. And uh, I remember Ernie Afghanis came up to me and said, Bob, I, I listened to your show, and I was like, wow. I was just in shock because, you know, I watched this yeah. guy as a, as, a, as a kid growing up. And, and Wes Montgomery uh, was, you know, I used to see Wes at Moe's Sports Parlor. And Wes was incredibly supportive. You know, in my sort of early 30s, I was like, I don't know if this thing's ever, you know, there's going to be sports radio. Well, and when know, there's sports, you're going to get I your know, chance, but, kid. Yeah, but the, he, truth, he, but, but the truth be known. He felt sorry for you. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Is that why he bought? I don't know. <laughs> he never bought when I bartended. That's hey, all I'm yeah. going to tell you. That man, that man could live. He could go, oh, go. Yeah. He was like the, like, he. <laughs> well, Paul Rimstad, who yeah. came here and wrote sure. for The Sun, yeah. was a very, very good friend. Paul has passed on, too. Yeah. But uh, they were up. But we were. Hey, we uh, as I said, we were all kind of like we were drinking, but you guys ran hard. Oh, really hard! At a time that you could run hard, we ran really hard and worked on very little sleep. Thank you know all you guys. You're lucky. You're lucky. There's no Twitter. You're lucky. There's no social media. You're lucky. There's no camera phones. And back then, you know, the cops would drive you home back then. Well, you know, that's, that's the way it was. That's the way it was. When we come back, Brian's unique relationship with Harold Ballard. This is Oilers Now. This is Legends of the Game on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Only on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oh, he's the living legend, certainly in this building. Brian Hall, Legends of the Game for Touchback Safety. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. Uh, you're a much smaller man now, just as, just before we get to, to uh, Harold Ballard. 180. But at your height, what were you in the two forties? Two forty eight. Two fifty. Yeah. 
were you pounding? Crazy. Were you pounding pretty hard back then? Like, did you go pretty hard? Back Boy, then? are you kidding? <laughs> See, here, here's the thing that ha- here's the thing that can happen in this business, as you know. Yes. As you, no, no, no. Seriously, because I used to travel all the time. And that's that's right. It, and that's and so I'm traveling all the time. And when you did a game and everything, I would not eat several hours beforehand because when you're working, you know your juices start to flow. Yes. And if you've eaten, then you have problems you'll got well no you it get, happens no no, 100%. You, no 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 you get gas yes you know what i mean no seriously yeah and i mean that people gotta know that that's true so i never ate you know like after three o'clock but by you see games are over now it's 10 30 11 o'clock when i used to do i'd have bill hunter and the zane feldman and myself and all that we go up to the steak loft the midge klimovs yeah. right and it's like 11.15 at night. What would you like? Well, let's start with, and you'd have a couple of drinks. And then uh, what are you going to have? Well, uh, you know, how about a uh, little garlic toast? Uh, I don't know, a big potato. Uh, give me a 10-ounce steak. Uh, you know, give me the whole thing. And afterward, you'd have a couple of uh, after drinks. You know, I mean, and it's now it's one o'clock in the morning. Now you go to bed and you got all this on your gut. Now. So, I mean, it's, it's bad. You just you get into bad habits. You know what I mean? So when I got to 248, 250, and, I, and he said, well, you're going to have to take a size 48 jacket, Brian. I said, what? I said, forget. And I stopped immediately. Stopped. How old were you when you stopped? Oh, I don't know. 40, I guess. I don't okay. know. Some, I, I, I think probably. But I went down to 152 pounds. I had a 32-inch waist, and my doctor gave me supreme hell because I just took absolutely nothing with sugar. I never had any booze, nothing. And I just kept losing it like crazy. And a 32-inch waist, and uh, 150. My doctor, what are you doing? He said, you get back up to 170. Start drinking again. (laughs) No, no, he said, get back up to 170 and stay there. And so I've always, you know, and I never weigh myself. I just go by how my clothes fit. If my clothes get a little tight, I back off. That's all. Brian, I, I, look, I travel with the team. I eat after on the plane after Isn't every game. Isn't that what happens? And yeah. I, I, like you, do not eat on a game day, mm-hmm. okay, that I got a broadcast for mm-hmm. that night. Mm-hmm. And if I do, it's a disaster. And I have to leave during the broadcast sometimes if I eat during the game. And I will tell you that I have the, uh, the two-drink rule in Edmonton. Okay, the two-drink rule. Yep. Stop at two drinks. Yeah. And on the plane, because it's double, like, you know, if you, ha- if you have three or four drinks on the plane after a game on an hour flight, mm-hmm. it knocks the living snot out of you. Mm-hmm. But it's, so I'm going into year 12, and I'm 25 pounds heavier than I was when I started. And yeah. But I also drink sports energy drinks, which I don't know. You, you probably drank coffee. Sugar. You drank coffee in the morning back back in the day, right? Like, I don't drink coffee, so. Yeah. Black. Our, I drink black, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, mine's spiked with Baileys. Yeah. All righty. So, Harold Ballard. Because uh, <coughs> for our listeners that don't know, former owner of the Maple Leafs, uh, he would today smart, he would smart guy today he would be considered somewhat politically insensitive but that's how guys were back he, it was a different he wasn't even politically insensitive even then you know? no he, he was he, not he, he he and he and Stafford Smythe right. were partners Connie Smythe's son Stafford right. right Stafford was a diminutive person very slight very small right and uh, I I didn't you know he gave you the limp handshake okay just <laughs> right anyway you know so but Harold Harold was hey how are you kid yeah hey blustery you know yeah. what I mean blustery and a, and and a what a smart guy do you know what he did he drove a truck and stuff for their trucking firms and he <laughs> listen I'm serious and there was the power I was there at the time it was just happening at the beginning of the 60s they were fighting the Bay Street brokers for control of Maple Leaf Gardens. Right. And Ballard won. Yeah. Ballard won. He lived in the in the gardens, but he was a great guy. If he liked, he had it, the bunker, right? He had a bunker in the gardens. Well, they had the bunker at the end of the rink, yeah. But he lived like he had an apartment in the in the in the yeah. gardens. He lived there anyway. But that's how smart a guy he was, and he was a really good guy from standpoint of giving. Because I used to be in his office. I'd go up there in the afternoon. You know, we 
we I don't know why he liked me, but we just had a good time. Good question. I'm, I'm young. No, but I'm younger <laughs> than know, him. I know. I know. I'm yeah. younger than him at the time. You got to understand that. But I'm up there. Hey, kid, come on in, sit down. You know. So I'd go in, and then people would come in to see him. Hi, Mr. Ballard. Uh, you know, boom, boom. They would want something. You know what I mean? And he was so generous, and he would give the gardens for Easter seals, and he would sure. do things, and he would do things, and give 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 golden golden uh, flaked uh, gold. Uh, leafs, uh, maple leafs to people. I mean, it, he, he was he was just a really, and he later owned the Hamilton Tiger Cats, right. as you know. But he, you know, he went to jail because they screwed around in regard to the tax, little tax evasion, a little, you know, uh, creative uh, accounting, if they call it. Sixty-two to sixty-four, they three-peated. They won the Stanley Cup uh, yeah, yeah. all three years. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Punch With Bun Jim Lack, sure. Bun Jim Lack and King Clancy and and uh, and uh, Tim Horton was on that club and Alan Stanley, George and, Armstrong. And, uh, yeah, the Chief. You know, he yeah. was uh, he was a great guy. And uh, you know, uh, Bob Pulford, uh, Dickie Duff. So did you travel Bob with the Niven, on, on the trains every, back? Everywhere they went. Everywhere they went. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere they. And it was went. all by train back then, right? Well, no, not always, no. Sometimes always, they flew? A lot of it was, you know, up to Montreal and stuff like yeah. that, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I mean, we just, uh, it, it, it was... It, it was a wonderful three years. And I did some hockey night in Canada telecast okay. with, with, uh, with uh, 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 Billy Hewitt. Foster's son, right from the gondola, the Imperial SO gondola high atop Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto. You know right. what I mean? And uh, yeah, now Bill and Brian, Brian McFarland was there. Remember Peter Puck and all sure, that stuff? Sure, sure. Well, Brian watching. McFarland and those guys were there, and I did I don't know seven or eight uh, now, hockey night in Canada telecast. Now did Bill? Bill had some challenges uh, in his career, kind of abruptly quit. Was that the pressure of being the son of Foster Hewitt? I, I, I have no idea about that, but Foster. You know, in perpetuity, had the broadcast rights for Maple Leaf Gardens. When I first got there, and yeah. I would go in, I didn't know, and I walked in, I had my tape machine and everything. He said, excuse me. I said, yes. He said, I'm Foster Hewitt. I said, yes, I know who you are, Mr. Hewitt. He said, I want you to know you're not allowed to do any interviews or anything in here. I have the broadcast rights in this building. I said, gee. Maybe we could make some kind of an arrangement. Maybe you could help me just a little bit. I'm just a guy trying to do a job here. Come on, Mr. He, Mr. You know, and occasionally, and he would allow me sometimes to do stuff and all of that. Yeah, and that was great. We would gather every morning in the grill, you know, uh, 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 the, the the trainer for for the Leafs. Uh, yeah. Uh, his uh, uh, Bobby uh, Haggard. Anyway, 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 but his mother ran the the grill at the you know. <laughs> okay. The, and and at the end, remember Whipper Billy Watson? Sure, the wrestler. Yeah. Well, he, his offices were in there, you know, in in there, and then they cleared all that out, and then they opened up the hot stove lounge. Okay. Maple Leaf Gardens while we were there. And that's where the term hot stove comes from. Yeah. All these years later. I know. And so that's where they opened the hot stove lounge, and then what happened is, one day. And Punch and I got along really well. And he used to tell me stuff quietly away from the other guys. He was murderous with the pre with the media. Oh, he gave it to the media. You stupid one. His, he, you know, his, his vocabulary was off the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyway, no, 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 no. So nobody would he'd give it to the guys. But he said to me, he says, come on, let's get out of here. Come on, King. Let's go into the hot stove line. And the three of us were in there. And he leaned over to me and he said, Brian, I'm going to tell you something. I don't want you to use it yet, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm swinging a big deal and we're going to win our third Stanley Cup. I said, what? He says, I'm swinging about a nine-player deal with the Rangers. They're going to get one guy. He's going to play the point on the power play. And that's all we're lacking. And we'll win the Stanley Cup. Andy Bathgate. Andy Bathgate. And he swung that deal. You know? The big nine-player deal. Yeah. That was it. And I said, geez, punch. He said, don't use it yet. You can't use it yet. But he told me way ahead of the other guy. He used to do that with me all the time. He was a great guy. Yeah. And he used to tell me about wives and players and how the wives were, you know, and this. <laughs> and all the things that you had problems off the ice with these other people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is 127 in Edmonton. Uh, we're going to circle back to Edmonton and do some uh, Eskimo talk and a little bit of Oilers talk uh, in their infancy. Uh, back in the days of uh, Charles Allard and Bill Hunter. Bill Hunter, arguably the greatest barnstormer uh, this city has ever seen. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. 
We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, I don't know if he's fabulously rich. He should be based upon the numerous uh, corporate partners he's had over the years and clients. We have Brian Hall. It's uh, the song from the Tragically Hip. Brian Brian Hall, Legends of the Game, brought to you by Touchback Safety. Just want to mention, for a limited time, you can catch all the Battle of Alberta games at Rogers Place this season with a brand-new Oilers Power Pack. It features one preseason and two regular season games against Calgary, and you're guaranteed the same seat for all three games. The sale... On uh, at EdmontonOilers.com, but only until Friday at midnight. That's the Battle of Alberta Power Pack starting at three hundred. I'm really three forty nine person. I'm 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 really looking forward to this season. Seriously, so am I. Well, I, I can understand, but I'm you know I'm not in your you you work for the club. I don't. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I can do. Whatever. You still have season tickets. All these. I, you- listen, I just never mind that. I can do. Okay. Whatever just, you want. I'm, ju- I'm just saying. I'm really looking forward to this season. That's all I'm saying. And I, I say it because I mean it. I'm looking forward to this season. There we go. I, I don't know how it's all going to turn out because you're only as good as your opposition. And I don't know how good the other clubs are, okay? So when people say, how good are the others? I'll say, I don't know how good they are. We'll find out because you're only as good as your opposition. You can be terrific. If they're super terrific, you're still going to be out of it. You know what I mean? And if you're just mediocre and they're all lousy, you're going to be in it. So, I mean, that's the way it goes. I only look at opposition when I, when I rate my club. I only look at the opposition. And then I say, how do we stack up against those guys? It was uh, Wayne Gretzky who said in Boys on the Bus, you're only as good as your last shift. And it was Glenn Anderson that said, no, you're only as good as your last sh-. Uh Anyhow, I digress. Uh, Brian Hall is joining us. Brian, uh, the Ebbetestimals, you come back, you did the games forever. I know in the past we've talked about specific teams and years. One of the things, was the Great Cup week different back when... Oh, please, 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 please. Are you kidding and life was different then, as you know. But, uh, oh, no, the Grey Cup week when the Shenley people were around. Shenley's was owned by the Brompton family, right? right. Seagram's out of right. Montreal. And they had the Shenley Football Awards. So they're in the booze business. We should establish. For the younger listeners, they might not know that they're in booze business. Oh, oh, they don't know about... Some of them would not know. Brandon, okay. did you know that Shenley was a booze brand back in the day? Yeah. No? There you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you're okay. like one of those selectors well, of the awards, right? Well, wait a minute. They start the Shenley Football Awards in 1953. Okay. Most outstanding player, best defensive player, you know, all of that. And then they had the East and the West, and they took them, and they would go against one another, and they would have the Shenley Football Awards for the best, okay? We're not, at that point, we're not one league, remember that, we're the West and we're the East, but they had the Shenleys were good for East and West, because it was just a Grey Cup week, right, okay? And the first winner was an Edmonton Eskimo in 1953. It was a running back in that. Billy Vessels. Billy Vessels. And he later went and played in Miami, okay? Yep. So anyway, the, the, the point is, but when you went to the Shenley Football Awards, oh, are you kidding me? I mean, it was just, it was, why do you think they called the Grey Cup the Grand National Drunk? I mean, that's what it was. It became known as the Grand National Drunk, and they used to run, well, they ran trains. They ran trains from the west down to Toronto, and they used to put extra cars on the on the uh, transcontinental, and they'd put extra cars. They'd put in one of the cars, they'd bring in a piano, and they would party for three days. It took about three days to get there. And they would pick up some people on the way and, you know, and, and, and you got there. People piled off at the Union Station across from the Royal York Hotel. And, you know, it was like they poured them out of there. You know what I mean? It was just, and it just, can, and the parties continued. Well, Shenley's would, would take floors. You know, take and have have the suites, and they would they would have you know the Eskimos are in that suite, and down there is the BC Lions, and over there is the you know what because they came in in '54, right? Sure. The Lions. So I mean, it was I mean that's the way it was. I mean, and it was. So you check in the hotel. Was there a box of booze there for you? Oh, when you're in your room, I was a nominator. You got in your room. You had. 
whatever you wanted was there on the dresser. It was everything was there. And if you ran out, don't worry, just make a call. I mean, that's the way it was. No, no, that. And they used to have, and they would throw Shenley's would throw a party in the grand ballroom. Think about this: stand-up party with hors d'oeuvres and free-flowing booze, and there would be a thousand people in that room. And they would, and it's all part of the party. And there'd be the big, and there'd be bands coming through, and people, and they'd be partying everywhere. And it was, it was fantastic because, and it was, and it was, it, there was no exhibition stadium at that time. The first ones we used to play at Varsity Stadium in sure. Toronto on the University of Toronto campus, up on uh, Bloor, I think it is anyway, and uh, Avenue Road. Anyway. The point is, it, it was very different. It was terrific. It was wonderful. And we had some great games, great games. You did the, uh, so you did the Eskimos, the Oilers come in, Bill Hunter. Uh, and again, for our old, you know, our, our listeners today, they know who Daryl Cates is. They know who Cal Nichols is and Peter Pocklington. None of this happens without Bill Hunter. Is that fair? Oh, there's nothing going on. Bill Hunter... What happened was, and it just happened for him, right? Bill Hunter, originally from Regina, loved hockey, dearly loved hockey. And, you know, I mean, the Warwicks were from Regina. You know, there's a sure. lot of really well-known athletes out of Saskatchewan. Tons of, now, really, wasn't, tons of really good athletes out of, uh, that's excuse a fi- me. That's a fine, sorry. Brian. Yeah, that's I'm a fine. I, I, I didn't know. I'm, I'm just a visitor. Come on. I don't know all the rules. It's food for I don't, I don't know all your rules. Anyway, you know, you got too many rules. Let it fly, baby. Let it fly. Anyway, so, and, and, well, stop it. Hello, go away. Thank you. Sorry, go away. Click please. line number two. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Don't, don't call again. They're liable to. I don't know how to shut it off. <laughs> this happened last year. Put, put it in this coffee cup. Boom. Okay, I'll buy a new one tomorrow. Anyway. Uh, uh, Regina was a Montreal. Wilson. They were a Montreal. Were they not a Montreal? Uh, yeah, Canadian? they were. Dell Wilson was the sure. big guy <clears throat> for the Montreal Canadiens. And, uh, you know, St. Paul sure. is another area for Montreal Canadiens. N- so yeah. Anyway. Uh, Bill Hunter. Long story short, Bill Hunter, who was a super, what Bill Hunter was, was a super salesman. Right. A super salesman. And he came up from first investors and so on out of Seattle to come back to Canada. Yeah. And he came into Edmonton because he heard he loved junior hockey, the Pats and so on, and he loved junior hockey. And we didn't have the Oil Kings going. So he came back here and he wanted to get the Oil Kings going, wanted to revive the Memorial Cup. And that's what he did. This is in the late 60s, okay? And he gets a hold of Zane Feldman, we were like blood brothers, Zane and I. Zane owned Crosstown Motors, right? Right, and then he be, and then he was now hooking up as a partner with Dr. Charles Allard. Right, but the doc was, you know, the business guy in that. Zane loved all the sports stuff and all the right. other goods. The doc uh, was the money guy. Yeah, well, yeah, but Zane was a sharp guy too. Yeah. But Zane was an outward going party type guy. The doc wasn't like that at all. Right. Oh, the doc was not like that at all. So, and he didn't know about hockey, football, or anything or entertainment and he didn't really care even though we had second city review here and the whole thing and all that later on he didn't care about that stuff he was into other stuff but a great guy a great guy but a different man so there's only hunter feldman and i'm with them all the time we're together all the time 18 hours a day we're together okay and what happens is down in California, there's a guy by the name of Dennis Murphy, and the other guy is a lawyer, Gary Davidson. Dennis Murphy is a huge political guy, just a little guy. He's about maybe five foot three. You know, just a little guy, smart guy, really smart. He was the head guy for the Democratic National Party in the state of California. Yeah. He was hooked up with, uh, you know, with uh, John F. Kennedy and all these yeah. people, okay? And and uh, the stories he told me, oh, God. But anyway, the point is... They, was he there when Robert got assassinated in 68? Yeah, yeah, listen, just a minute. So what happens here is... Don't, don't jump the gun on that. So what happens here is... We're talking about Hunter is that they had become involved in the ABA, starting a basketball league, Billie Jean King and stuff like that. World Team Tennis. Yeah, Team Tennis, all that. You know what? We should do something about hockey. Yeah, you know, they got the six teams in the NHL. They got all the... That'd be a really good one. We should should find out a guy who'd be a good guy to contact. Guess whose name came up? Bill Hunter. 
And Gary Davidson phones him and says, hey, we got a proposal we want to put to you. So he meets with Murphy and Davidson, and they said, we want to start a league. Well, do you know how quick Hunter would jump on that? I mean, like, he j jumped on it like crazy. And he got the financing and any help that he needed at the time from Zane, right, through Alarco. And, uh, you know, and they, and they, start, they start going with the boom, 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 and he starts getting all his connections, Benny Hatskin in yeah. Winnipeg and Scotty Monroe in Calgary, and he even got, uh, what's his name, uh, the, the, the big guy out of Vancouver who took Philadelphia franchise, uh, you know. The, Scalbania? The, yeah, no, no, no. Well, no, Scalbania was. He was later. No, no. No, the, the big guy, the big business, Jimmy Patterson. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he gets Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, so he gets Jimmy Patterson. Kurt Levins will be giving it to me for that one. No, yeah. no, no, but. Uh, no, but Patterson, right. who, by the way, in the early 60s, about 62, started as a used car salesman on Broadway, Broadway, Duick on Broadway in Vancouver. And today, he's got 43,000 employees, does over $10 billion a year. That's Jim Patterson. Anyway, so... So this and this is how it all starts, yeah. and we get the thing going, and then they start. One thing leads to another, to another, to another, and then and and if they don't have the WHA, we ain't got what we got because they got so upset. The NHL, they finally said, "What will it take to go away?" And Hunter says, "We'll go away. You take in four franchises." Yeah. And they said, "Who?" They said, "Hartford, Quebec, Winnipeg." Edmonton. And that's how you the order. take them in. That's how the and orders and got the NHL. That's how we got in the NHL. By the way, but the, the stories yeah. going up to that time, oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Patterson's worth somewhere between 8 to $10 billion, And it's interesting. I mentioned Kurt Levins, who writes on the Cult of Hockey blog. He's, I, the, he's the VP of programming for all of their radio stations. No, but across I, the yeah, country. but I, I was just saying, but, but yeah. he's got 43,000 employees. He's 91 years of age. He does, he does $10 billion worth of business yeah. a year, and he still drives himself everywhere. In a very average truck, not a well, not, no, not, not yeah. high-end guy. And, and he didn't feel that first class was a very good value, so he refused to fly first class. Royal Pizza. Now pizza, he's got his own plane, of course. Pizza pasta and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 years. Royal Pizza still making a great stop for recommendation at Royal Pizza, the Mediterranean chicken. It's the silver anniversary, silver anniversary specials coming from royalpizza.ca. Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. More with Brian. Hall when we return on Oilers Now. This is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Thanks, Zach. It's 148 in Edmonton. Quickly off to this day in Oilers history. Good luck, Brendan. Oh, Bob, nothing. And I mean nothing has happened on this day in Oilers history. Uh, nobody in franchise history has ever been born. They have never in franchise history made a trade on July the 24th. And they have never, that I can find, signed a player on this day. They've never hired or fired a coach. This is a dead day in franchise history, Bob. And if you don't believe me, I challenge you and the listeners to go look for yourself. There you go. All right. We got our Legends of the Game series for touchback safety. I want to get to some text. Brian Hall has been our guest in studios. Brian, my father and grandfather went to the Grey Cup in 54, 55, and 56. I went to 1960 Grey Cup uh, when the Eskimos lost to Ottawa. Ballroom tables around outer edge of ballroom. Bottles of liquor every three feet on the table all around. I was 11 at the time. We slept on a train. Uh, um, uh, tell Mr. Hall in Toronto that the Grey Cup, they had horses in the bars from the West. Uh, I think that's dating back to 1948 in the stamps. This text comes in uh, from That's Dave an exaggeration a little bit. They had a horse that was ridden into the lobby of the Royal Yard right. Hotel. Right, there, there we go. Yeah, okay. All right. Bob, this has to be your best show ever. That one comes to us uh, from uh, David. Uh Darwin says, Bob, this uh, this interview with Brian is the best and most enjoyable I've ever heard. Great show. That one comes to us from Darwin. Uh, this text comes in. Bob, we get enough of Halsey throughout the day. Do we really need him for an hour on orders now? Uh, all right. Not love him or hate him one way or the other. Uh, Bob, Bud Poyle had his first coaching job. In my hometown, Glace Bay Miners of the Maritime Major Junior League in 1951, he had led Comet Haley and Jimmy Anderson on the wings, and Ash was the playing coach. I think Anderson holds the American League record for most goals. The question I have for Brian is, was he one of the five players traded to the Blackhawks 
for Max Bentley. So, Brendan, if you can look up the Max Bentley trade, what are they? Was he the? Was that the pony? Were they on the pony line back? Max and Doug. Doug, don't forget. That's yeah. Stepping his brother Doug. Were they? Were they the pony? Li- you yeah. can't. Is I that, think. I think you're right. I think they were. Uh, now they were from Delisle, Saskatchewan. Yeah. And there was what hockey movie was filmed in Delisle? Paperback Hero. Drew Remenda's dad was in one of the fight scenes in uh, Paperback Heroes in early 1970s. Might even have been late now. It was early 70s. Maybe 1970, 71. First uh, full nudity scene that I saw as oh. a kid. Oh, yeah. I was uh, uh, very educational. <laughs> uh, Texas at 630, 630. Uh, uh, tweet us at now. Alan says, joke time. So much hot air in the radio today. The sun is gone. The clouds have rolled in from Alan. P.S. Enjoying the show. Uh, uh, what an incredible show today, Bob. This is the least I've ever heard you speak on your own show. That comes to us from what? So there's, there's the range. Love him or hate him. That was always your goal, wasn't it? Like just Well, yeah, I mean that I used to do that. I mean that that's why I did a points after show I started after Eskimo football games. Right. I had a big argument with Kimball about that, Norm Kimball, because yeah. I said I would like to do that. He said, You're are you crazy? I said, wait a minute. I said What, what year was this now? I, I can't remember. But anyway, <laughs> it was it, it, it was uh I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It was shortly after I started doing the games, which was 65. So I, I, I said, this would be great to do, to do a show afterward where the fans could call in. Yeah. We never had anything like that in those days. I started, you know, uh, they talk about that Bob, what's his face down there in Toronto? Bob McCown, Bob, yeah. Bob McCown. We were on the air 10, 15 years before him. I mean, we. anyway, but the thing is, is that I said to Kimball, I said, listen, Norm, what happens in a football game, right? The game is over. You, you know, controversy is the lifeblood of sports. And you got something going that's a real hot game. The next day at work, around the water cooler, whatever, everybody's talking about it. Hey, I said, why not do it right after the game? And the fans can call in. I said, I can handle it. I know the game well enough. I can have. I said, but I'd like to have a little fun with it because I'd love to bait people. And so, you know, and I would get rude with people. Ah, you're Listen. Really, is that right, eh? Right. Did you just hear what you said? Did you hear what you just said? I'll tell you what, pal. You go back, learn a little something about the game, and then think about giving me a call again. Boom. And he'd hang up, and he'd go, and the people would get riled up, and they'd get mad, and they'd get to ting, because I learned that in Toronto. I learned that in Toronto. I learned it from a newspaper guy in Toronto who was the city editor of the Star, who became the news director, Bill Dralia's name, at Chum. And he and he taught, he said, this is how you cover a story, Brian. This is what you do. Boom, boom, boom. And I learned everything from that time I was in Toronto. It just catapulted me to another category. And I, I said... Legendary stuff. I said, no, I said, this is a good idea. This is how you do it. You know shades of gray. Don't matter if they don't like you. What does it matter? As long as they listen. That's all that matters. Brendan, were you able to get the Max Bentley trade? Who were the five players? Uh, it was Bentley and Cy Thomas for Gus Bodner, Bud Poyle, Gay Stewart, Ernie Dickens, and Bob Goldham. There we go. So four of those guys ended up playing in the NHL back the other way. Uh, we have Brian Hall with us. All right, so Brian, we have uh, Fred Fleming on the show tomorrow. and My buddy Freddie. Great guy. My dad was a big Fred Fleming fan. <laughs> You know, Freddie and I are still... You know how long Freddie's been down with the Denver Broncos from here? Freddie was taken, you know, by Pat Bowlen. Sure. And, and uh, anyway, it was a family situation. Freddie was part of the family, really, and he moved down there 25 years ago. Yeah. And you know the funny thing about it is, 25 years ago, right? Freddie and I are very good friends. Pat Bowlen I knew very well. We, You know, right. we knew... Anyway, I knew the family, everything. And... All the people would come back and talk about, went down to Denver. We went down and we saw a Broncos game. We did this and that. And Freddie would have, all the years, and they, I don't know why I didn't. I never have been to a Bronco game. 
never gone down there. I've been to a Broncos game in San Diego. But I'm. I'm You've I'm, never I'm, been. I, I'm. Oh, I was at. I was in San Diego at a Broncos game. I'm talking in, in Denver. Denver. So you got your buddy working there. You know the owner of the team. Well, I could. He said, "Come on, you can come into the suite." Yeah. You know, and I don't know why. I mean, it isn't that I didn't like them, and I was. I'm not. It just I didn't. It didn't matter. I just. I'm. I'm not. I don't get caught up in that stuff. My two most memorable moments in a suite. I was uh, with uh, Ken Nichols and Jack and uh, Cal invited us along with Patrick LaForge. Yeah. I met Bill Wirtz just the year before he died in his suite. Yeah. And he, Chicago Blackhawks. And he and he points to a picture, and on the wall there's a baby bouncing on Al Capone's knee. Yeah. And I and he goes, "Do you know who that is?" And I go, "That's you when you were three. Yeah. There we go. And then I met Vinny Viola, the owner. Hey, wait a minute. And you mentioned the magic name Al Capone. Yeah. Have you ever read the stories of Al Capone? Sure, tell us. Out of Moose Jaw. Right. Hey. And the tunnels that they had there and all the rum running and the stuff they did during the Prohibition days. Al Capone and Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Great stories. You know who did a book I think knows all about that? Is Gord Steinke. Gord Stein, he knows. You should talk to Gord. There's about been a lot that of booze talk oh. on today's show. Brian, you got 15 seconds left. Favorite? I don't know if you can do it. No, I don't. One minute. I have no favorites. You don't have a favorite Edmonton sporting moment over the last no, 60 I have years? No, no, I have no favorites. No favorites. No there favorites, we go. you know. Well, uh, you've been one of our favorite guests to have. Uh, Thank you very and, much. And I enjoyed it because I get paid by the word. And uh, today I took a bit of a beating, but that's okay. It was great having you in the studio, man. I mean that. It was terrific having you here. Put in any number of words you want. I'll back you that that's what you did. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but anyhow, our guest, uh, courtesy of Touchback Safety on our uh, Legends of the Game series, has been the Halsey, Brian Hall. Who do we got tomorrow, Brendan? I forgot already. I'm sort of just... Dr- Yes, we have Fred Fleming. We've established that. We, we have, will have Fred Fleming. We also have, uh, COO of the Edmonton Oilers, Tom Anselmi. There we go. Uh, stay tuned. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jayla and I. Thank you again to Edmonton's sporting icon, Brian Hall. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.